The epistle for the 16th Sunday after Pentecost is taken from St. Paul's epistle to the Ephesians, chapter 3. Brethren, I pray you not to faint at my tribulations for you, which are your glory. For this cause I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord, Jesus Christ, from whom all paternity in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened by his spirit with might unto the inward man, that Christ may dwell by faith in your hearts, that being rooted and founded in charity, you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, to know also the charity of Christ, which surpasses all knowledge, that you may be filled unto all the fullness of God, Now to him who is able to do all things more abundantly than we seek our understanding according to the power that worketh in us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus unto all generations, world without end. Amen. And the Holy Gospel is taken from the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 14. At that time, when Jesus went into the house of one of the chiefs of the Pharisees on the Sabbath day to eat bread, they watched him. And behold, there was a certain man before him that had the dropsy. And Jesus answering spoke to the lawyers and Pharisees, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? But they held their peace. But he, taking him, healed him and sent him away. And answering them, he said, Which of you shall have a donkey or an ox fall into a pit, and will not immediately draw him out on the Sabbath day? And they could not answer him these things. And he spoke a parable also to them that were invited, marking how they chose the first seats at the table, saying to them, When thou art invited to a wedding, sit not down in the first place, lest perhaps one more honorable than thou be invited by him. And he that invited thee and him come and say to thee, Give this man place, and and then thou begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when thou art invited, go, sit down in the lowest place, that when he who invited thee cometh, he may say to thee, Friend, go up higher. Then shalt thou have glory before them that sit at table with thee, because every one that exalteth himself shall be humbled, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Thus far the words of today's Holy Gospel. Grant in thy mercy that they who ever stand before thy face to minister unto thee in heaven may protect us during our life upon earth. And these words are taken from the Mass of the Feast of St. Michael, whose feast we celebrate this Thursday. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. My dear faithful, just over a hundred years ago, 
on October 13th, 1884. Pope Leo XIII was having a conference and meeting several cardinals of the church. Pope Leo XIII reigned from 1878 to 1903. And in those 25 years, he did much good for the church. But there is an extraordinary incident that happened to Pope Leo on that particular October 13th. After meeting with the cardinals, Leo XIII was walking with them through a side chapel in the Vatican. And the cardinals testified later that as he walked along, the Pope suddenly stopped in his step, and immediately he turned pale. And Pope Leo XIII was just staring out across the chapel, even as he sunk to the floor. Physicians were quickly summoned, and they came to examine the Pope. And as they could hardly find a trace of his pulse, and he was so pale and cold, his body was so cold, they feared that the Pope was dying. But all of a sudden, the Holy Father came to himself as if awakening from a deep sleep. And he looked about at the cardinals, and in exhaustion, he exclaimed, What a horrible picture I have just seen. Still pale and very cold, they brought the Pope back to his room to rest. And later, after this mysterious event, the Pope revealed to certain members of his council what he had seen and heard. As he was walking with the cardinals, he suddenly heard a terrible guttural voice filling the chapel. And this terrible voice boasted and tauntingly roared that he could destroy the church if he only had more time and more power. And this mysterious voice then asked God for more time. He asked for 75 to 100 years to destroy the church. And this request, as Pope Leo described it, was granted by the voice of God. And then Pope Leo saw a horrifying image of Satan unleashing demons and evil spirits upon the church. And in this terrible vision, Satan was reaching out and dragging souls into the flames of hell. But then in the midst of this terrible vision, the Pope suddenly beheld a great light and the consoling appearance of the glorious archangel, St. Michael. And as soon as St. Michael appeared, Satan cowered and crumbled. And St. Michael, that mighty servant of God, cast him, Satan, and all the evil spirits into hell. Several days after this vision, uh, Leo XIII actually composed the familiar prayer to St. Michael. The prayer that we often say, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our safeguard against the malice and snares of the devil. 
And Pope Leo XIII ordered that this prayer be said after every low mass that is offered. In fact, the prayers after low mass are often referred to as the Leonine prayers in honor of Pope Leo XIII who prescribed them. And my dear faithful, this prayer to St. Michael in particular is a very powerful petition that rises from the sanctuaries, the sanctuary of our altars, beseeching this champion of the church to defend us against Satan, the greatest enemy of the church, and our greatest enemy as well. It's interesting that these prayers after low mass were abolished in 1970 with the changes after Vatican II and the promulgation of the new mass. They were abolished as if Satan and his legions were no longer a threat to souls. But my dear faithful, how great a threat is Satan to the church and to souls? In the beginning, when Lucifer was created, he was created the greatest of all the angels. He was the most brilliant and the most intelligent of all of God's angels. And endowed with beauty, innocence, grace, and power, and having a vast knowledge, Saint, uh, Lucifer nevertheless committed this terrible sin of pride. You see, my dear faithful, God gave the angels a test. And on account of his pride, Lucifer failed this test. Now, what this test was is uncertain. However, some theologians speculate that in the beginning, God showed the angels a vision a vision of the mystery of the redemption, the incarnation. How God, the creator, would lower himself, even become a man and like unto one of us, his creatures, to save them, to die for them because of his great love for men. And Lucifer saw this and was, so to speak, disgusted disgusted by the thought that God, the creator, would lower himself in such a way for inferior creatures. And that he, Lucifer, the great light bearer, would have to serve God-made man and would have to serve these creatures as well, would have to serve man. And so Lucifer arrogantly declared I will not serve. I will not serve the incarnate Son of God, God made man, nor will I serve man. Lucifer thus wanted to be his own God. He did not want to serve anyone, not even his own creator. And so in his brilliance, Lucifer was thus blinded by his pride. Other rebellious angels followed Lucifer, 
and sin and the loss of grace turned these once angels of light into demons. And they were cast into hell by St. Michael. Satan, my dear faithful, is thus jealous of us, is jealous of man, because man has been saved by the God-man, Jesus Christ. Man can, can thus still attain what Satan now can never attain. Man can still, even after he falls, attain salvation and happiness through the merits of Christ. And so in his jealousy, then, Satan does all in his power to send our souls to hell. And my dear faithful, the devil, as St. Peter once said, the devil goes about like a roaring lion seeking to devour us. And by these words, the apostle means that the devil and his legions prowl about the world tempting souls to commit sin especially mortal sin. And so, my dear faithful, we cannot be presumptuous. We, of course, cannot rely on ourselves against such a formidable enemy, an enemy who seems more concerned about our destruction than we are concerned about our own salvation. How careful, my dear faithful, we must be to avoid those near occasions of sin, the occasions of mortal sin, those persons, those things, those things which are the practical means in the hands of the, of the devil for our destruction. And my dear faithful, with such a cunning enemy, we need St. Michael. We need the prince of the heavenly army to do battle for us. And he continues through the prayers of the priests and the people that we pray, that prayer that we pray after Mass, to defend souls from Satan and to cast Satan into hell. And my dear faithful, we need to invoke St. Michael for the good of our country as well. Our country and our world seem enslaved by sin and the forces of evil. You know how much our country needs help. And it is through devotion not only to Our Lady, but by invoking the saints as well. That is, St. Michael the Archangel, as a heavenly guardian, who is the special patron for police officers and the military, that we could save our country from the evils that attack it. How critical it is then that we do our part to win America's freedom from tyranny and sin. And we do this by turning to St. Michael in prayer. Let us all pray the prayer to him which is prayed at the end of Mass every day for ourselves, for our family, and for our nation. But most especially, let us call on this archangel and all of, our, all of the angels, even our guardian angel as well, to implore and beseech this obedient servant of God to protect and defend us during time of temptation. And may Our Lady, Queen of the Angels, Obtain for us the grace 
to ever implore the protection of the great St. Michael, our heavenly guardian. May God bless you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.